It was like Hansen, when Hansen played, he never got his kit dirty. It was like they come off covering blood and snot and he'd just walk off and basically give his kit to the kit man said he won't need to watch that this week. OTB AM Live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Well, 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 what a difference a week makes. It's episode 17 of the Football Pod and Kerry have been knocked out of the championship. Tyrone have done it again. They're into the All-Ireland final and they're playing Mayo. Paddy, I'm going to start with Andy one more time this week. How does it feel to be favourites for the All-Ireland down in Mayo? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure it's happened in my lifetime. Uh, maybe 12, 13, we were there, they're both maybe favourites. I think after the was but... I've often said I've often said that the one I always feel that got away was 2012 against against Donegal not because we were any better or any worse than Donegal it's because both teams came into it with the same like Donegal at that time was 92 to 2012 we've obviously 70 years built up now since we won one but both teams were on the even keel and we said actually before last week's semi-final there was very few All-Ireland medals floating around so mm. This is, and Tyrone sniffed that, and Mio sniffed that, and it's all better. Jesus, Paddy, he was way more excited five minutes ago, wasn't he? I know, yeah, he's, he's gone back into his shell there when we got live. Um, no, I just say, it's incredible. Like, everyone, every single person was looking at at Dublin, Kerry, all our final from day one of this season. You'd have got some odds and it'd be a Mayo against Tyrone. But the two semi-final performances... Look, they had it, both games had everything going to extra time, go down to the wire, and, and Saturday was just a brilliant game. And we weren't sure what Toronto were going to bring, what shape they were going to be in, what impact COVID was going to have. We weren't sure about Kerry having not played a game in five weeks and, and stroll through the through the Munster Championship. Um, but it was a phenomenal, phenomenal performance by Toronto and well worth the victory. Same as Mayo the, the week before against Dublin, two fully deserved winners. Um, and it's got a tight one to call. Are Mayo favourites? Are Mayo favourites? I think it was one book. He's done a couple of tweeting earlier on that it was something crazy. They got it so wrong with the Kerry Tyrone thing that he couldn't believe the odds. <laughs> I think it was 11 to 8 Mayo wrong, but it should be much closer to evens. I Andy. At the start of last week, Tyrone were 15 to 1 to win the All Ireland. Before ah. they were 12 to 1, and now they're, they're in songs. Who's making these calls? Who's making these calls, you know? Yeah. Anyways, Andy, so, at what someone, stage? So, someone is getting. Uh, He's getting sacked in Paddy Bower, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At what stage did you realise, right, Tyrone are here? I think it was fairly evident. I, I, I genuinely thought at half time, I thought Kerry had enough. I thought uh, between Tyrone's first goal, McKenna's first goal, and half time, I thought Tyrone looked a bit on the ropes, uh, a tiny bit. Um, Came out, obviously, we've talked about uh, kicking it into the, the, the whole canal end, the da- da- Davin stand end. There's huge advantage there. And I just thought Kerry would have enough pushing through. But they could never kill it. Even at when Sean O'Shea runs through there, when Clifford goes down with the first cramp, a clinical pass there kills off Tyrone. They don't get it. Tyrone straight up the pitch getting a goal. And I think Tyrone's, and myself and Paddy will go into it now in the, the next few minutes, Tyrone's tactics were so good, lads. It literally can't be underestimated how good their how much of a chance their tactics give them. And that's what tactics and coaching and good management is about. It's about giving your team the best opportunity to be in with a chance of winning coming down the stretch. And that's what Dewar and Logan did. And it's um yeah, I just thought it was amazing. I actually rewatched the uh the sky uh covers there this morning. And 
Canavan looked like a man that wanted to play. He was he was, <laughs> was ready. It was so funny because I'd watch Sean Kavanagh and Pat Spinan and the boys going at it and Donny obviously in the studio and Sky and they were all excited. But Canavan was ready. Like, and he had this little pink shirt on him and he was ready. For yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But like, it was so funny. You see the passion of a, a past player, probably the greatest they ever had and the son playing and, he was ready and he was like, he was nearly trying to tell Dewar and Logan because obviously he was under it with the 21s a couple of years ago. Tell Morgan to stop kicking the ball long. Tell him to play it short. He was nearly, oh, I'd say he was on the phone to them in the studio at the time. <laughs> Paddy, before we get into the tactics, why couldn't it click for Kerry? Did they, did something go wrong in their heads this week? Did they throw it under their skins a wee bit? Because it just didn't feel right. It didn't look like the Kerry that we'd seen all year long. No, that, that, look, that's a credit to Tyrone. Tyrone didn't allow Kerry to get into that rhythm. And, and I was very similar to Andy. I thought, even though look, Tyrone were a point up at halftime, that third quarter, Kerry outscored Tyrone five points to two. And, and it was just what we expected. You know, Kerry are, are going to click into gear. We're waiting for it, we're waiting for it, waiting for it. Clifford was having an absolute sensational game. But no one else in their Kerry forward line really was. Um and, and, and that's Andy's at the end of the head. That's the whole point of your tactics. That's what Tyrone. I, I said last week, I expected them to park the bus to try and frustrate Kerry. They didn't do that. It was an incredibly brave setup by Logan and Dewar. But that those tactics won them the game. They did not allow Kerry to get that kick passing game going. They didn't allow Potty Clifford to have the influence of Darren Moynihan and these guys who we rightly praised through the National League and, and in the Munster Championship. But Tyrone simply did not let them put their stamp on the game. And that was down to their tactics. It was down to the athleticism of Tyrone. We touched on it, their conditioning. 90 minutes on the clock. and the, oh, Sorry, there was nine minutes of extra time. So you're barely playing 100 minutes. And those boys were still going flat to the match. So their, their setup, their matchups, their tactics didn't allow Kerry to play that game. And that's, that's a disappointing thing for Kerry. I feel like they were out hot on the sideline um, and to not expect that and like they, they were caught but I say Tyrone just fully fully deserved it um, in the end so but Tommy if I was going to ask you what didn't click for Kerry so like it, it, it felt like their front six didn't click they scored 22 Andy. points right uh, 15 Clifford, from 2 yeah, Clifford goes off after um, after the 70 minutes hmm or Corey Clifford gets two, the boys get 15 or 16 between them. So that's 18 or 19 points or 17 or 18 points from your from your three forwards. That's not bad. So yeah. what did it was, how did Tyrone try to take them out? And Tyrone identified, and even Sean Campbell has said it about Gooch and Declan O'Sullivan at halftime. He goes, sometimes we just accepted that Gooch was going to score three or four or five points. And he said, we, we played with it. So if they accepted, right, Roland, your job is to mark Clifford as to keep him as quiet as you can possibly. I think Hamsey bet Sean O'Shea, if I'm being honest. I don't really? Uh, but, like, your job is to keep him as quiet as you can. Do as best you can with him. Frank Burns, get in and help him as much as he can, and then away we go. Your man is an outstanding player. Clifford is just different sauce altogether, right? And so, so they let him do that. But over the course of the game, they, they, uh, Kerry had two ways to attack all year. And their two ways to attack was get the ball to Clifford and O'Shea and Polly Clifford and the boys. But their running game was their second most important way. They'd scored 114 from their defensive midfield coming into the game. And all their assists. Paddy identified Gavin White coming off the line, jinking against Tim, in and off to David Clifford, top corner. 
in the course of the six, 70 minutes in the first game, they had one assist and no score. Or one score and one assist. Paul Murphy got an assist uh, for Paulie Clifford and Tom O'Sullivan got the rebound when, Clifford, when David Clifford went down injured. Okay? So, th- that's huge. So, they went McGeary. Paddy's been talking about transition. McGeary, Sloden, um, um Miner. Miner. Absolutely outstanding performances. And what they did was, yes, Clifford is going to score. Yes, Sean O'Shea is going to score. But we are going to stop this running game. And how many times did we see Kerry driving through the middle? And people think that's, oh, that's stupid football. And in a way it is. But like, that's what they've been doing all year. Sean O'Shea for his first four points against Clare, ran around Clare, fellas, and kicked it over the bar. But the Tyrone fellas were ready. Frank Burns sat right in the middle, and they just turned them over. And there was a key one, right, in the, just before halftime. They just ran everything. So they're, they're like, so they ran, lost, ran, lost. their 18th attack, ran the ball, lost it. 19th attack, ran the ball, lost it. 20th attack, ran the ball, lost it. 21st, ran and kicked it and lost it. Long kick, Clifford scores, but then they run and lose again, run and lose again. And that was about, out of eight attacks, they got one return on it. And that's that second quarter just before halftime when I thought, viewing it first time, Tyrone were on their knees. But it was nearly like Ali against Foreman when Foreman was punching and punching and punching and he was tiring himself out. And Tyrone just kept themselves in the game, kept themselves in the game. And when the legs were there, that's to be had, there was only one team that had them. Let's let's stick with that for a second, right? Surely Kerry can recognise that going in at halftime. The, the, the stats that you just picked out there, because like, you could see it. I, I didn't know it was that amount, but you could see the running game wasn't working. Why didn't Kerry change it? Who did they have to kick the ball? Who kicks the ball for them? Paddy Clifford is the main man, isn't he? Who kicks the ball? They've, they've identified onto him. Who, who's the other kicker? David Moore, who was sitting on the 45, protected. None of the rest of them are kickers. Darren Moynan is a bad kicker, but as soon as he kicks that ball over the sideline, you nearly see him apologize. He's two assists in the first half out of nine, out of nine points. And they take him off at half time. They whipped him off, yeah. He's a free one and he's an assist for, for for a Clifford score. And I'm just thinking, who else kicks the ball? So Gavin would you... wants to run every ball. Tom Sullivan wants to run every ball. Murphy's a good kicker, to be fair. Yeah. So if, when you've no kicker on the pitch, then it becomes a struggle. And then in the heat of the battle, you need someone to step back, take control of the game. That's tough to do. But, but, but I think, Andy, that, that's the... Tyrone identified that. That's what we're talking about. The, the preparation that they, they had. We knew they would have a game plan coming into this game. The, the, the three, four weeks, the extra weeks to prepare for this. And, and, and the thing I would challenge Kerry on is Tyrone identified this, this game plan. This is what Kerry, like I say, this is their A game. Their, their kick passes on the ball. So let's take them out. Let's get Conor Moyler to mark Paddy Clifford and just be all over. And if you look... If the, the, the high camera footage um, on, on Sky you're looking at it. Tyrone are literally man to man all over the pitch they are they do not give space for Kerry to breathe and if there's times where Kerry are solo on the ball and there's a Tyrone fella and he's just looking straight at his man he doesn't care what's happening with the ball he is tagging his individual man and that was the that's a very, very brave way to play against How Kerry. How difficult because, is that, Paddy? Because, you know, oh, we might have expected them. Even last week, it, we were thinking maybe they'd sit back. I, I didn't think they'd play that way. I thought they would bring everyone back and try and put 13 or 14 guys inside the 45 and frustrate Kerry that way. That's one way to frustrate them. And it's easier to do that. 
the style of play they have where they're tagging individual players all over the pitch is incredibly difficult to do because one you need serious athleticism and physicality to do it and the second thing it's so high risk because if one player switches off and it's usually a corner forward or it's, or it's one of the forwards that's the overlap gone and that's Kerry can straight steam forward we used to do it with Dublin when we played Mayo we used to play that way and it was it was so challenging because you knew it was an individual battle you had to tag your man and you had to trust that every other one of your teammates is going to do it because like I say it's so high risk if someone switches off or is a, dives in for a tackle and now a forwards tackle it creates the overlap and there's Gavin White and there's Paul Murphy and there's now there's someone has time to kick the ball in to Clifford and O'Shea and these guys whereas Tyrone were so 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 diligent in that style of play and like I said it takes balls to set up that way and, and that was that was an unbelievably impressive thing. and then you got to rely on your matchups to be right and that's that's why Tyrone identified that they nailed their matchups oh it was brilliant it was like I, said, I agree I thought Hampsey Hampsey got the better of Sean O'Shea I feel Clifford like Ronan McAfee's thinking that actually might have had the worst game gets up and kicks a point himself yeah. if still scores eight points you know what I mean that's that's the challenge there but I, I thought Tyrone were a smarter team in how they went about it they're more streets but like I said we, we touched on they, they played 20 minutes in the second half with 14 men and they what? just slowed the game completely down there's injuries and guys are going down Makes, it's, yeah, they, yeah. they were just seeing the bits sharper and smarter all over the pitch and that's the credit you have to give to Ma- uh, to, to the two boys Max rightfully pointed out in the Sunday game or whoever the stats person was that got to clock it up that it was only 12 out of 20 minutes or 13 out of 20 minutes that the Toronto lads were off the pitch so we might come back to that again I want one of you to explain to me about how Hamsey got the better of Sean O'Shea because when you look at it in paper you know 8 points I know a lot of them are frees weren't bad but I want to know how Hamsey got the better of him for me Connor Myler was probably my man of the match I know McGeary got a savage amount of possessions but Myler's job that he did on Paddy Clifford was just exemplary he was the player we were talking about coming into this Andy when Paddy's talking there about how brave Tyrone were and I, I have a feeling you were talking about Tyrone possibly setting up like this last week were you surprised that they conceded the kick out so, so easily or was that part of the tactic to allow Kerry to get the ball short in their own 21 and to make them run at them from deep well I don't think ever, like you can say it was absolute tactic that Kerry would run themselves out. I, I don't think that's it. But they identified that Kerry don't kick the ball that often. And every kick that Kerry do is a 20, 30-yard kick. So do you know them crossfield ones that Morgan were hitting? Them yeah. ball. Like Kerry didn't have one of them. You have the best forward in the country at this minute. And you don't give him in one 50-50 or one where he can fight for it. I, I thought it was quite strange. But... I was not one, one bit surprised that uh, 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 to give up the kick out because for the exact reason Paddy just said there, if Gavin White does beat McGeary at any one stage, you do need a tiny bit of cover on, on the weak side. So there was a, there was a lot, and Michael O'Neill was kind yeah. of all yeah. the time to sort of fill in, not getting on a lot of ball, but you can see now why he's in that team because, whoa, the work him and McKenna did was just yeah. unbelievable. But we played Kerry in Killarney in 2019, we got a schooling. We got an absolute schooling. And I remember James Warren were sitting in the in the in the in the hotel before the game, night before the game, and he just said, lads, they've identified our full forward line. I wasn't playing, I was on the bench. They've and they're just going to run us up the field. So it was Foley, Tyke Morley, Tom Sullivan. I come on after 55 minutes, game's finished. 
I've gone up to 55 minutes. Tom Sullivan is cramping at 55 minutes. He has ran that much that he he's cramping. So they have basically identified a way of playing that we are going to run teams off the pitch. And Tyrone go, lads, they're going to try to run us off the pitch. So let them try yeah. So Gavin White is going, Breen is going, and all of a sudden you can see Hamsey at times leaving Sean O'Shea and just sitting into that middle channel so that they don't get a goal. Just literally leaving one of the best footballers in the country and sitting into the central channel to cut off that break and then bang, bang, bang. And Paddy Andrews has said it since day one and it stuck with me since day one on this podcast. They are transition footballers. Like you basically put it through the transition and you look at uh, um, Tyrone scores. First score uh, point from Morgan was Mm. one free from a turnover the block on Sean O'Shea block on Stephen O'Brien so first second third fourth fifth sixth uh, all transition scores from back to front the next score then was from Morgan from a monster kick out and then their next score then was from the throw in but then it starts again transition 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 every score and the one that really stands out is McKenna's third goal Paulie Clifford comes in off the line he's running into channel two where Mm. Since me and Paddy started playing and you played against Jeremiah Tyrone, you do not carry that ball into that deep. What did you call it? Channel Channel 2? Central Channel, whatever you call it. Everyone would have a different name for it. But into that D, you do not carry the ball in there because if you carry that ball in there, if you're not getting a score, yeah. you're getting smashed. Bang, he gets smashed. Frank Byrne smashes him. McGeary wins the ball. Gone up the field. McGeary ends up getting the shot at the end of it. Uh, Jack Barry tries to do a Kung Fu kick at the end line comes out mm-hmm. to McKenna, who was beside McGeary when the ball is turned over, and he runs 80 yards, and bang, buries the ball in the back of the net, and with that, the game is over. And it's just, you know, it, like they had planned for this. Yes, Kerry still had the chances to win it, and it was a tight rope game, but for Tyrone to have a chance, they needed a really strong plan, and they came with it, and Kerry never reacted. Have, have I been sleeping on the fact that Kerry don't have that many kickers? Because growing up, you would have been told, look at the way that Kerry, you know, the bounce pass that Kerry perfected, that you would have seen Gooch's team in the, in the Naughties using and Dr. Croak's up to 2014, the bounce pass in the chest. They would have been looking at Cross McLean as a kick-passing team. They would have, coaches have always spoken about these teams growing up. But did Kerry not have that many kickers anymore? Before Paddy comes in, because I, I know he's got, he's got something on that, but they have ruined that on everyone. You can't kick the ball against Dublin because if you kick the bloody thing to them, you don't get the ball back for three minutes. Do you know what I mean? So the, the reason the likes of Kerry, Mayo and these guys don't take much ball into their forward line anymore against Dublin because if you actually give them the ball, the Dublin lads, Johnny Cooper's this world, and uh, Merchant and all these guys are so good at holding on to the ball that if you give it to them, you're in trouble. So if you're kicking it, it has to be 70-30 if you're kicking it against Dublin. So Kerry, again, we need to run, hold on to the ball, go through the channels and see how we get on. So that, that's the reason I don't, th- that's the reason I think they pick more of a running game now than they're kicking it. Sorry, Paddy. That makes sense. No, like the Kerry team then, sorry, Paddy, the Kerry team has been built to take down Dublin, I suppose, over the last three years. That's what Peter Keane's been building. <laughs> you have to. Did you yeah. Go- uh, like, uh, uh, that's who you were going to have to take down. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor Peter Keane. Uh, he's been they've been caught again, I suppose, yeah. before before getting to that hurdle as well. Like, but I, I think you're right. Traditionally, carrying you know, a kick passing game, and to be fair, in the Munster Championship, when they're allowed to do it, and that's what the Munster Championship was, they steamrolled their opposition. They, they can do it, but but that that's the beauty of what Tyrone did, and that, that's the the structure, the setup they had. Mike O'Neill coming back, 
Frank Bird's back there. Like I say, Hampsey detail to take out Sean O'Shane. And if you look at the other big players from Kerry, like we talk about this, you always traditionally the Kerry forward line. Mm. Ganey was on the fringes of that game. Stephen O'Brien, he, he wins three score frees, but, but again, he's on the fringes. Obviously, there's the error with the goal, which was a big moment if they get that goal and he's standing in the square. Yeah. But Kerry's big player, David Moore as well, they were on the fringes of the game. Bar. I look. I thought Thomas Sullivan had a brilliant game. On oh, he was superb. He was absolutely, particularly in the first half. Clifford was outstanding, but but the rest, it was they couldn't really put their imprint on the game, and that's because of the matchups, and that's because of the intensity that Tyrone were bringing bringing to the play. Like Ganey, he only scores a point in extra time. He's three misses. Has, has, Ganey, has Paul Ganey not been on the fringes all year long? Have we not been looking at Ganey and saying, oh, he'll come good or they're using him in this, this role here? Like, Ganey was being used essentially to supplement Clifford and O'Shea in the full yeah. forward line all year long. Oh, I, I know. And, and that's like, I thought he, he was a bit better than once the final, obviously, against Cork. Mm. But this was Tyrone's, and this was Kerry's first big test for, for all of these guys. And, and you have to look at it as well. They are a relatively inexperienced team. Like they're relying hugely on Clifford and O'Shea for scores, who are both exceptional players, but they're young guys. Like, and you could see absolute panic from Kerry, particularly when it got to extra time. And I, I tweeted about this when that game started to get more and more chaotic. That just suits them. Mm. That that suits their runners. You know, Kerry are very similar in a way to Dublin that they want structure and they want to control the game. They want to keep the ball and manage it that way. Whereas Mayo and Tyrone, because of their athleticism, because of their runners should be, want mayhem. They want spaces to run so, into. And it's, you, <laughs> chaos meeting chaos in the All-Ireland final. Uh, yeah, and that's, it, it's, it'll be runners from everywhere. The, the teams are going to cover, I'd say each player is going to do about 15k each. But, but you can see an extra time, Kerry were just totally panicked. They had no focal point without Clifford. And you're looking there going, how... Are they so reliant still on, on, on one player? If Tommy Walsh, Adrian Spillane, Killian Spillane, the guys coming in off the bench that we've been praising for making impact in the previous game, they just didn't get that kick. And, and everything there was just, you could see that's the challenge. There wasn't really a focus. There wasn't a game plan there. And as Tyrone turned them over an extra time, it was it, it just mayhem. Let Tyrone go 1-2 to no score up. And you're thinking they're going to steamroll them. And just mm. that momentum, very similar to the first half of extra time the week before with Mayo, where they just got a turn on them. The space is opened up, and that suits Tyrone. That doesn't suit Kerry. And, and that's, I suppose, the genius of their game plan. But also, like I say, their contrast Kerry's key players being on the fringes of the game, where you look at Tyrone, Maddie Donnelly, Peter Hart, McGeary, Moyler. Massive, massive, massive influence on the game. Um, and uh, Conor McKenna was actually quite was quiet, but he comes up with two he, had his, moments. he had his moments. Two he goals. had his moments for two goals, you know. Yeah, you're listening to episode 17 of the football pod of Paddy and Andy. To all of our loyal listeners who've been with us through every hour of the championship so far, thank you very much for tuning in. And for all our new subscribers and listeners, fair play, welcome along to the party. Um, if you're listening on a Tuesday, you've got us on the OTP Sports app. On a Wednesday, we're available everywhere else. And on a Thursday, you can watch us on YouTube. Andy, can I, can I ask you about whether this game was won on the line beforehand? Did Peter King's decision to potentially leave Jeremy O'Connor on the bench 
start Jack Barry, who hadn't had a huge amount of minutes so far this year, bring in Darren Moynihan. To me, it looked like the Moynihan move at the start was a positive one. I didn't overly think about the Barry, Jeremy O'Connor one, but did you feel like Kerry possibly started the wrong team without thinking enough of Tyrone? I think, uh, firstly, just on Thomas Sullivan, I think he probably gave one of the best performances I've seen in the first half of football mm. in a long time. Like He's nearly kept a, a guy that's a shoe in for an all-star. He, he, he basically kept him to three possessions, turned him over in two. He bullied him. Yeah, I was outstanding. But now the boy stuck with McCurry and he he got a black card and still kicked two massive points from him. So it shows yeah. the faith they have in him. And as a forward, when you have that faith from the from the gaffer, it just it makes you... It, but, but isn't that a big thing, Andy, in terms of, of what McCurry's done? That's the confidence that he feels he has from the coaches. Because, look, there's no two ways about it. That first half, I don't think he touches the ball in the first quarter no. at all. Two kick passes go in in the second quarter and he loses them. Yeah. And then he, he has one positive possession the whole first half. And if, if you're taking Darren McCurry of a couple of years ago or Mickey Hart's on the line, he, he's getting whipped off. There's no two like, ways about it. Mark Bradley, Ronan O'Neill, Darren Canavan, they're all on the bench. Carl McShane is there. And, and to be fair, that is the confidence he, he the coaches have in him. And you know that, and you know that as a player, when you feel you have the, the coaches have your back. And you're right, even though he's really stuck at it and he ends up kicking two big points for play towards the end. But, but that's that's a year in the making. That's all his form in the National League and being trusted to go and do the job for him. Because uh, like he was, he was being absolutely alive in the first half. But it was serious balls from, from him. But that's the beauty of having a coach that backs you that. Mm. He, he could still produce the goods. And, and if, if, praise for Curry. Have the mentality because easily that game was not going for could get frustrated. But he's the man who pops up with the big scores when they need it. I missed the first one, Paddy, from play. Missed the first one, kicks it wide, and then has the identical shot straight after it from mm. play for his first point from play and nails it. Like it, it was it was great mentality from him. But to answer your question, Tommy, wasn't one on the line. I, I just said a bad chill up my spine there. I go into coaching or management next year, and Paddy Andrews is here. Absolutely. No, I I think, in hindsight, okay, you would look back and say, should they have held more for 20 minutes at the end of the game? And, like, you've seen the legs Adrian Splann had when he came on. Absolutely unbelievable, his running power. Um, and could you have held him? But they're all hindsight, uh, mm-hmm. bits and pieces in it. The truth about it is, if Kerry took their chances, they'd win the game. And that, that's it. If Sean O'Shea makes a cleaner handball to uh, Clifford. Clifford, even if he takes the point at that stage, you could argue they'll probably see out the game. What do you mean? If Clifford doesn't get injured in the collision? Um, yeah, do you know, there, there, there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, no, Thomas Sullivan kicks the point, but the, the, the momentum shift in that, lads, is huge. Pody Clifford's in his hand, hand pass to, for a point in the last minute. If he takes it, probably win the game so there's lots of moments there where Peter Keane is looking to the, he's looking back on the tapes tonight and he's thinking Joe I didn't do like we didn't do much wrong there we put the guys in the position to win the game Tommy Walsh has a tackle attempt on Matty Donnelly for McShane's goal like Peter Keane can't control that if I'm being honest with you he can't and he ha- Tommy Walsh has to do better in that situation literally has to do it he doesn't bang, even you take a foul, you do something, but you don't let Manny Donnelly after 
what, after 69 minutes of, of Gaelic football on a fresh guy, Tommy Walsh does not win for a hit there. He has to tackle on hit. So there's huge things there where Peter Keane is saying, geez, we did a lot right. And if we took our chance, we win the game. There is, we- on the flip side of that, Dewar and Logan absolutely nailed it. That's, I was looking at it. The, the Peter Donnelly, obviously, who, who I'm biased in saying it because he's a mate of mine, but unbelievably, unbelievable physical condition to turn on boys. We have to say that. And to have them players anyway, again, what Paddy said with the transition players, them guys love to run up and down. They love to do it. So he's got an easy job in that. It was the first thing they did was make sure they had Donnelly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But he was with them at the 21s as well. So like the, the, the history and he won as he like, you know, his pockets are full of all Ireland medals too. Mm. So like, they, they know him from years by one minors, 21s, seniors with, with the lads. Okay. But then the Joe McMahon on the side. Like Joe was an exceptionally smart footballer to the point where he was probably in 08 going to win an All-Star 12. And for the final, to put him back on Donny or Tommy Walsh. Remember Justin and Joe? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably pegged away his All-Star, but picked up his third little bit of silver in his pocket. Happy, <laughs> happy out with it. But for a player to be able to, Paddy will tell you, in the same season, to go from number 12 to number three, it's just... Your mentality has to be different. So they have all these guys around the place. They made huge decisions. I didn't think they were going to win. I, I genuinely, I, I have to say, I didn't think they were going to win. But we were laughing here last week. They're going to come with a plan. And mm-hmm. by God, did they come with a plan, lads. And geez, they gave the team some chance to win that game. Now, the players still had to go and execute. McKenna still needed to be in the right place to get the two, two goals. But they executed the plan to the to the letter and and fair play to them. Um, what I'm asking you guys to do now is not to give them a reason to get their backs against the wall again because uh, <laughs> well let's just praise them for the next two weeks. Leave them to the Another can't be asking us that, Andy. You can't be asking us that. We're going to stay neutral here. And listen, Andy or Paddy, Andy's been getting a lot of credit in the last couple of weeks for getting a couple of calls. Right, you've had a tough time since the Dublin game. Your predictions have been a little <laughs> off. Yes, we, we have to give it to Paddy. Tyrone were Paddy's team at the start of the, this podcast. Didn't you pick out Tyrone or was it Andy you picked out Tyrone? If I remember that wrong, weren't you really? I've got to claim that, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or was it you, Andy? I, I, was it you? I don't think that's right, but I've got to claim yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, probably Andy, though. Yeah, but, uh, was it you who picked out Tyrone at the start of the podcast? I didn't for Ulster. I didn't for the all Ireland final, if I'm being honest. Okay. No, it's it actually because I, I, I definitely I remember that I tipped only golf. I've had an absolute howler. It was all going so well. Um, the subs for but, Tyrone, Paddy, like like McShane comes in, right? And one of the first things that happened to him is he he takes off and Jason Foley dispossesses him. Um, that's a couple of minutes in after he comes on. But the impact that man has, the presence that he brought when he came on, in fairness, Darren Canavan should have bloody buried that goal. And maybe yes. <laughs> you know, he yes. should have buried that goal. Yeah. But he was buzzing around and he created danger anytime he got near it as well. Tiernan McCann obviously made a big influence. Kerry's bench was stacked, but the mm. impact that Tyrone bench made, and maybe again in hindsight, because winners write the script, but it seemed like they made a massive impact at Tyrone bench. Yeah, and that's what we've been praising them all through the chapter, that, that the squad, and that's been a running team for the teams that are, are successful in this championship. You need, with the intensity of the game is played, that you need guys coming in off the bench. Mm. We've been praising Kerry, but they, they just did not have, have that influence that, that, that Peter Keane would have been looking at and to be honest, I thought McShane was struggling. <laughs> he does he doesn't seem to be moving as freely uh, didn't, as didn't he, look at that's obvious. But 
like I say, that's the mentality again. He comes on, he, he gets the goal after the rebound off Canavan, and an extra time then he kicks those three points. Um, and, and the space has started to open up. Kerry kind of lost their structure. I think it had the turn, brilliant turnover. Maddie Donnelly wins, puts his body on the line, mm. and, and they break him McShay taps it over. But it, it is easy in hindsight saying that look, Tyrone's bench, they did everything right. Kerry's bench, you know, like I said, Tommy Walt has a couple of plays, and obviously the, the one at the end where he's probably forcing that shot as well. They just didn't get that impact up. But again, that's because Tyrone. Tyrone just didn't allow them, didn't allow them to do it. And Andy, you'll notice when you're coming into a game like that, at that intensity, you're coming in off the bench, like it, it's very hard to hit the ground running. Like that, the, the, the hits going in in that game, the speed of play, it can be very difficult to get up to speed straight away. And that's why I just think Kerry struggled with that across the board um, in that regard. So it's going to be interesting for the final as well when you're looking at the impact the Mayo bench had the last day, the impact yeah. thrown bench had, it's going to play a massive, massive role in the final game because like I say, these are two teams that will sprint flat out yeah. for 70, 75, 80 minutes as well. Um, but, but that was ultimately, I, I think that was a key factor for them that Thrones guys, particularly like I say, McShane, once he settled into Canavan causing issues and, yeah. and Kerry just didn't have the answers, didn't have the answers themselves. Sorry Andy, I forgot where I was going with the management question when I led Paddy down that, that route with the subs. It was Fergal Logan who, who I'm fascinated to figure out how Logan and her are working together. And I know Donnelly has a big impact as well in terms of the SC and the, and the Gaelic football coaching. But Logan afterwards sort of credited her for the in-game decisions that Brian essentially makes the calls in the line during the match. So whether that's Logan who's kind of overseen it afterwards, I'm not fully sure of the makeup there, but it seems to really work. Have you any insight, Andy, into how a joint management role can work because we've seen it in soccer say uh, you know flop <laughs> at certain levels yeah I know. Can, can it work no myself and Mike Solon are doing it for the club now at the minute but it's like I'm playing um, so Johnny Giles yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm playing so he, he makes all the the, the sideline decisions but you'd have a lot of the decisions kind of made in your head like McShane would have been coming on like McShane came on when they were down to 14 men. McShane was coming on at 43, 44 minutes. Regardless mm. what happened. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it, it changes the focal point of their attack and, and away they go. But it's just be, you need to, it's, it's, it's like everything. You just need to be so assured of your roles, so assured that, listen, Brian, if there's something there that's happening, I'm sure he's in his ear and talking. Joe, you often seen Jim Gavin talking to someone, I'm sure he was talking to Declan Darcy when, the, when they were on it. And like, yes, they're not called joint managers, but I'm sure there was a lot of influence coming from, from what was being said as well. And you've seen him talking out to Joe McMahon in the stand and you've seen these guys. So you'd see James Horn the next day, Kieran McDonald would be behind him, going down to the, you know, giving them information and they jump. So it's, yes, it's called a joint management, but if you're absolutely clear on your roles and, um, I think it is, but again, that's this all comes down to it will be successful if Tyrone wins all Ireland. The James Horn will be successful if James Horn wins all Ireland. That's the key diameter. That's the thing. And I think, if I'm being honest, first bit of fight and talk, I think we all have the advantage on that because I see James Horn and I've I seen it coming into the semi finals. I thought the big advantage Mayo had is that there's the best manager left in the best manager left in the competition. I, I thought. They, like I, I think we said earlier on in the year, Desi would be something else if he wins back to back All Ireland with the team kind of transitional through with all the boys leaving. Um, Peter Keane had huge pressure on him, and Brian Dewar and Logan are in their first year. I think Horn's experience 
gives Mayo a huge advantage in two weeks' time. Huge advantage. It's fourth All-Ireland. It's his seventh year in charge. He, he's them boys now for, for a certain length of time. We played there last year. I think he's got a huge advantage moving in. It's hardly just experience. That's hardly the reason why you're just saying that, Andy, though. It's not, it's not just experience. Because we... Because Duran Logan, as we all, as Paddy said earlier in the podcast, getting that win against Donegal, that big, that first big win makes everyone buy in and believe. But you must be, you must be back and horn this fight talk for more than just the experience. What else is he bringing that's a little different on the sideline? Ah, yeah, Horn is, is a really pragmatic fella. Like, like he changes there against Galway at halftime. Like, I would honestly say, I think he got his matchups absolutely totally wrong against Galway in the first half. Boom, he changes them second half. The game changes with it. Uh, against Dublin, um, we were like two stuck on, on the day, making sure Dublin didn't score goals. We had no outlet at all. As soon as they changed that, his, his substitutions were good. The Aiden substitution, which I wouldn't have agreed with at the time, but obviously worked really well for him. Um, so I, I just think you you get that through experience. I remember looking at Malachi O'Rourke years ago, and he was with Monaghan, a guy that I always kind of... Moving into that kind of line, like he was used to be with the schools teams. So like he's making in-game decisions every week. Like I know it's only a schools game, but you the substitution, the the role of a sub with the movement of a player, the changing of a centre back, that's all practice and you know, study and knowing what you like within the players and knowing your system. And I think Horn is a huge advantage when it comes to that. Yes, Dewar and Logan and these guys and Desi and Peter, they're they're no uh like they're they're, they're like they're they're really intelligent mm. football men and obviously what Brian Dugger has done in the game stands to him massively. But it, when you're in that in-game decision, I, I just think James Horne has a bit of an advantage there. Paddy, do you mind me asking how it works on the sideline with Jim Gavin? Because I, I can imagine Darcy and, and say J.O. would have had a big influence on the training pitch perhaps. But did, did they have a big role on the line in the middle of games as well? Or did Jim Gavin make his mind up and that was his decision? They, they would have had a massive role as well, of course. They did. And he's hit the nail in the head. Like that's one of the key key things for any coach is you surround yourself with the white people as well. You know what I mean? And, and being able to trust them because it is. It's, it's the games are so frantic, particularly if you're on the sideline. You want to have someone in the stand that you can say, and that's your your stats guys, your analysts, whoever it is. You need to be able to trust. Their decisions and and Andy kind of touched on it there. Not have an ego to, to get in the way, and, and that's I love Fergal Logan's chat after saying, "I do this if Brian do or see something, I trust him. I've surrounded myself with the right people that yeah, go and make that call." And that's like I I praise. I don't think James Horn gets enough praise for what he's done and to bring Mayo back to an All-Ireland final again and like I said whether they're favourites or not it's going to be a very very tight game but, but the job he's done that comes with experience and like I say surround yourself with the white people so, so with Dublin absolutely De- Declan Barris and Jason Sherlock had massive roles talking communicating with Jim Gavin listen we, we need to make this change or this is what this team is doing That's, and to be fair a lot of it is your preparation you'd have, you'd have you'd expect you know this is the, op- the opposition's game plan that's Dublin were very, very, very diligent in, in that regard. That we were very rarely surprised on the pitch bar once against Dundee in 2014, where we didn't have the answers, but generally we, we kind of knew what to expect. But in terms of the decision making, any successful coach needs to have the right people surrounding him. And you can see that James obviously has that with Kieran McDonald and the Tyrone boys definitely have it. And that's the challenge you're looking at. What 
And I know Peter Keane is going to get a lot of stick and has probably gotten a lot of stick for, for last year, how, how they failed and, and then not coming up short again this year. And you're thinking, if you're being honest, I, I feel they were outsmarted in that game. And one of the, the key things for me is, if you're Peter Keane and you're Kerry, you have to expect that they're going to target Body Clifford. They're going to target their mind. going to identify that. But on the flip side, surely Kerry are looking to go, well, we need to take out Conor Moyler and Peter Hart. These are absolute... Or, Kieran McGeary and Conor Moyler and Peter these, these are key, key players in their transition. And McGeary gets over 40 possessions. And he's the, literally the run of Pro Park. And they're thinking, surely that's a key weapon for Tyrone. You need to, you need to be taken out of the game. And it's like we're praising Kerry for our plays in Tyrone for, for getting their matchups right. And you're looking at Kerry going, they allowed McGeary, Matty Donnelly, Peter Hart to dominate that game. You know, and that's that's falling, I feel, with, with the coaches and getting your matchups and your preparation right. Um, so that's a big challenge I'd have. I thought the McGeary getting away trust was amazing. Um, because Kerry obviously wanted Gavin White on the ball. So then mm. you basically he is the man the one on the ball coming out of the backs. But McGeary just was shepherding him down, bringing him into space he didn't want to go into. And then White like had to recover from these lung buster runs. McGeary just chipped, just kept chipping away. Yes, he made some silly decisions on the ball, but like he was involved heavily in goals. <laughs> you know, he was able to, yeah. He did a Gary Owen on one stage, I think, and ran after. But he like he like and he, took a shot then, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a couple of ropey shots now, yeah. yeah but, but like, after after about twenty five k, Paddy, I'd say he, he was entitled to a couple of open shots. Yeah. It's just I thought it was amazing. Like even for the last score for McShane, like an unbelievable kick out from Morgan. Yeah, it's McGeary on the sideline. Bang into McShane. Foley is gone. His legs are gone. And McShane tips it over the bar. Beautiful play. But the one thing I would say where I thought Kerry did get him get it wrong, Kerry have prided themselves on the press all year, right? So they prided themselves on getting the press high up the field, really squeezing in the kick out. And, and when you're lung busting yourself and you're not willing to kick the ball and you're not kicking the ball, taking shots from 45 yards out, you're not doing, you've no, it's too hard to get the press. You're wrecked then when you're getting the press. So what you have to do when you're trying to press the team is you bloody have to shoot. You have to shoot the ball. And what Kerry did, Kerry got 30 shots and Tyrone got 30 shots. For the press to work, you need to be getting 10 shots more than everybody else. You have to, because if you're if you're priding yourself in pressing the, the, the game on the pitch, you need to get the fellas into the position to get the press. But if you're trying to walk the ball in and you're like every score is a hassle and it's either a bit of genius from uh, uh, Clifford or it's a lung bust and run from someone coming through the middle, you can't do that for 70 minutes. You have to be willing to take a shot, bomb one into the hill, get yourself set up, bang, let the keeper try to kick it all over you. And that's the key thing. And Kerry did have Tyrone under pressure with the kick out. But they didn't make, Yeah, but they didn't make Morgan kick the ball out enough. And by the time when Morgan had the long kicks done, Kerry were out on their feet. They were actually out on their feet. I actually think Morgan's long kick out was another plan to absolutely bury Kerry because he used to kick it. The Kerry boys used to try to overrun it, or the Tyrone boys used to try to overrun it. But Frank Burns used to never go out for the kickout. He used to stand in at centre half back. So Kerry got no scores really out of the long kickout. So Kerry used to run in with the press, bury it, and then have to run 50 yards back, leg it back again. Frank Burns used to stand. And it wasn't really costing Tyrone really anything. 
Where no, and that's so interesting because they were like Morgan's bombing out these long kickouts and Kerry are cleaning up on the breaks, and you're thinking if you look at it from Kerry's perspective, you can say Clifford has superstar game as, as expected. They tie up Darren McCurry and, and Maddie Donnelly to an extent. We dominate Morgan's kickouts and throw and play twenty minutes in the second half of forty men, and we still won't win this game. Uh-huh. Like that is. It's incredible, and that's what they, they will be kicking themselves with it. Um, but but that that was just like say, thrown plan just executed to an absolute T. And, and I, 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 as much challenge and, and maybe stick that the carry going to get for blowing it, you've got to hold your hands up and say Thoreau's performance. It was absolutely spectacular all over the pitch. The balls to go out and play that way, and then for the players to execute it, not just. The, the athleticism and the, the intensity they had to play at to do that, but then to help and, and have the skill to go and do that and score whatever it was, three, three fourteen or three fifteen as well. So it, it was just it was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant display from, from Tyrone, and we've seen it in both the semi-finals. Both semi-finals, yeah, yeah, and, and it's that's why it's as much as everyone was hoping to see Dublin and Kerry in all our final, and I'd love to should be a third, third and fourth place playoff. <laughs> so, so, so we can see Dublin play Kerry. How about it's like the minor match? Um, but, but the All-Ireland final, it's going to be so fascinating. It, it really is. Because there are two great stories from, from where Toronto and Mayo have come from. And like I say, they are mental, those two teams. <laughs> they're they're yeah. running game, their athleticism. And it's going to be brilliant to watch uh, in two weeks' time. Just, just on that, Morgan. Go on, jump in there, Andy, yeah. Just a bit of coaching, uh, a coaching point, right? When Clifford gets the ball in the first half, went into the and he's going one-on-one, he's going down, he's trying to get a goal where he probably shouldn't shoot for a goal. Mm. Uh, yes. Frank right. Burns comes across. Ah, oh, Paddy, it's not just... Frank Burns' bit of defending, lads, is mm. for any young kid, if there's any coach or any young kid watching this, watch the way Frank Burns plays the sweeper on their role. He doesn't rush in. They've Clifford studied to an inch of his life. He, Clifford spots that it's Michael McKiernan. He said, right, oh, McNamee is out of the town here, I'm going for goal. And Burns just waits. He literally doesn't rush in. Like, you see a sweeper doing that all the time. Rushes in. And what happens is he takes out McKernan with himself and Clifford steps around him and buries it into the bottom corner. He just waits. And he knows Clifford has to come out on the left leg. And he never gives him the angle. It was such a brilliant bit of defending. Such a brilliant bit of being that extra man in there. M- Michael O'Neill has a similar one in the second half from Sean O'Shea. Where Sean O'Shea sees Hampsey and he's like, I'm going at this guy. Yeah. And Michael O'Neill just comes, he knows exactly what he's going to do. This is the thing I'm talking about, was preparation, knowing your opponent. He knows exactly what O'Shea is looking to do. And it's, that, that's, that's just brilliant. That's game smart. That was... Same with Frank Burns. He sees, I know what Clifford's going to try and do here, just shepherd across there and cut off the angle. And Michael O'Neill does it brilliantly on Sean O'Shea in the second half. We do, put some, it looks scripted, people. Paddy. It looks scripted, didn't it? That's intelligence. That that's game plan. That's preparation. That's knowing he's gonna if Clifford or Shea, they're gonna back themselves in one-on-one situations. And we touched on it last week. It, it wasn't gonna be a case of just going to uh, Hampsey or, or going to Ronald McMe. You deal with Clifford on your own. Mm. All the all the best with that. 
they understood it was a collective effort that was going to get them over the line there. Peter Hart has an amazing block. It reminded me of Conor Gorman's block on Stephen McDonald back in the 2003 all Ireland final where, where Peter Hart comes across onto Stalane. Stalane as well. That wasn't really on as well, though. I know we're talking about Kerry Kern trying to force it. Like, that but should the, have been flicked over the bar, right? This is what happens, Tommy, when, when you're coming on and the game's not going with you. When you're trying to make an impact. You start trying to force things. And Killian Spillane knows not really getting into the game here. It's not as free-flowing as it was previously. You start, tr- your decision-making starts to go out the window a bit and you try and force things through. And, and that was another example, I agree. I, I think you should just pop that over the bar. He's one of those yeah. instinctive boys, Paddy, you were talking about last week in terms of the guys that go for goal. Remember the mm. one against you guys? In the one against us in the 19th final. Same thing. Like, yeah, he was out of the sideline. Remember, he cut in. and Yeah, yeah so it was interesting. Yeah, there was a bit of ruthlessness like that in 2019 and maybe he was thinking I've done it here before I'm going to do it again. Maybe that was in the back of his head. Like, uh, Andy, you mentioned Sean O'Shea earlier on and how he did it against Clare and he was going to burst through boys and this is how he's playing football this year. It felt like he was trying to force it all day long. Like, Sean O'Shea is, is as highly regarded in many ways as David Clifford and he's, there's been times where Sean O'Shea has stood up when Clifford hasn't. Did it just not click for O'Shea the last day or did it, did it? was he just trying to force it a bit too much? When you're marking an exception, you're marking the Tyrone captain here, you're marking a Nunster champion captain who's been there for, for years and has marked Michael Murphy and Conor McManus in the big games and done really well on both of them. Um, I don't think you're just going to... This is a learning curve, lads. This is a learning curve where Sean O'Shea has probably went away and he's seen the way he's been marked by Lee Keegan and all these guys, and he's come back and said, I need to change, like I need to get bigger, stronger, faster. And then he marks Hamsey. Now, I thought, I genuinely thought after, I thought Hamsey would give it to him for 25 minutes, and I thought his running power would take him through it. But it didn't because they always had, I wouldn't call it a plus one, but it's a plus kind of a half one, where there's always someone on the cover. And the Burns only time he got away from that cover was when Tommy Walsh, created the collision, took two men out of it and he was straight through. That was the only time he got away from that cover. And he, he did well, like he did well, but I, I would say if it was a boxing match on points, he'd give it to Hamsey. You'd, you'd definitely give the, the result yeah. to Hamsey, I just thought. And never stop trying, lads. You have to give it to him. Never stop trying. But again, on third water break, or second water break, you're looking down and Dave Moore is down getting rubbed. Uh, Sean Shea was down getting rubbed. There was someone else down getting rubbed. I was, was kind of like, lads this is happening and I think we said it here in the house we said this reminds me of me OV Dublin here do you know it did like you could you could nearly smell it at, at the at the second water break probably still thought uh, Kerry should have enough to go win it but Tyrone just kept clipping and it was amazing to see and Paddy mentioned it but I wouldn't I wouldn't leave any very little fault on Sean O'Shea very little no, no. like he's just you go out there you mark the top guys Joe, you need the guys around you to, to give you a bit of help. I thought he probably played it wrong and he should have come around. You know who I was thinking about, class? I was thinking about James Donahue. That's who I was thinking about. There's 65 minutes gone there. And I'm thinking, Tyrone, or Kerry needs someone here to stop bloody running and go around the corner and kick a point. You read my mind because I had a question for you, Andy. Yeah, go on. Tommy Walsh taking on that shot in the last minute, right? We talked about Monaghan so many times this year and how they found their clutch players in the last minute when they needed it. And Tommy Walsh, like, like he probably should have... People are saying drop the shoulder and try and win the free. It's tough. You're, you're, the, the buzzer's on there. Where were Kerry's clutch players? Okay, Clifford's on the bench. He's injured. Maybe Sean O'Shea's been tied up. 
And the man that I had in my head as well was was young James O'Donoghue, James O'Donoghue, who obviously had that incredible year in 2014 and it just hasn't really worked from since. Yeah, and he, like, like you're, you're talking 10. And that's probably where they use the subs wrong. If I'm being honest, that's probably where I would say, they, like I think even Spinan said at halftime, he said, Michael Burns probably isn't the guy for this game. And I was like, you're right, he's not. Like, he's not a runner. Good Burns have started and brought on Dara, Dara Moynihan. But the big one for me, lads, is David Moore. He's such a good footballer. Like, he's such a good player. And you're thinking about 20 minutes there when the game is played at his pace. Like, he could wreak havoc in a team. Like, I know, geez, we're, we're all, myself and Paddy would say, we never want to be the 20-minute man. But at times, you're looking at Tyrone there and you're thinking, this guy's here. Let's put on Spinan here. Let him run after Conference Patrick and these guys. Let him just leg it around the place for 40, 45 minutes because he would do that. And let's bring on Moore for 20 and let's see what he could do. And Moore didn't play badly. But it's just when they needed him, he wasn't there. He was gone. He was the game didn't the game didn't suit him. Yeah, he, was, and he, he still did well, like in terms of catching, kicking. But, but, but isn't that isn't that that's the, the point what we're making? All Kerry's best players, Bar Clifford, were all, like I say, they were all on the fringes of the game. It wasn't that, like I say, it wasn't a disaster with Sean Shea. It wasn't like he played. He was fine. David Warren was fine, but they didn't have they didn't dominate the game. Yeah, they didn't dominate, and Tron would allow them to do it on your top. Tommy Walsh comes on there and I know exactly in his head, he knows he's probably, he's been sloppy with his defending for, for, for McShane's first goal. He's struggling as well to get into the game and then like, he forces that shot at the end. Like, that's that's a two out of ten shot when they need it. And that's, that's what he, he feels he needs to try and force something and put something over the bag. It just wasn't the right option at, at that time. Um, it was never going to score and the race was run like, but that's that's the challenge for Soap to come in and off the bench yeah. if it doesn't go well at the start then do they start forcing things like Aries' plan or, or like Killian's plan and Tommy Watts did at mm-hmm. the end there as well Sorry I cut you off there when you were talking about James O'Donoghue it was just that it was in my head as well oh, you, were yeah. just, you were just making the point that he, he was just somebody they were missing I suppose It's just that little the, 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 the little guy to come around the corner the do you know, um, it's composure, Andy. That, that's it's just composure, getting the right man on the ball, and that's you could see it as the game became more and more frantic. That was not going to suit her. Yeah. Now, now, to be fair, they still put a fist up an extra time, and it's wrong go one two to no score up an extra time, and thinking they're going to steamroll them here. And Kerry get back into it. Darren O'Connor gets a point, uh, and Shell Shea kicks a couple of frees. But like I don't know who there, just that little bit of class, that little bit of composure when everyone else is going yeah. frantic around you. That he's going to get the ball 35 yards out in the loop, come off Tommy Walter's shoulder and he's going to kick the score. Yeah. And they, they just, they miss that. And it's so rare for, you're talking about Kerry and praising him so yeah. much this season that they were shooting the lights out in this free-flowing attacking game and it just like, they, they were not prepared. They, they, Tyrone's, like, I hate it, like a cliche, the intensity Tyrone brought, they didn't allow Kerry to play that stuff. Frank Byrne set the tone and I think it, it's it's fair to say that one of the players who, who had been said that had been affected badly by COVID was Frank Burns and he set the tone by fecking Jack Barry over the line at the start of the game and it happened twice on that sideline by Peter King Peter King went nuts twice on the sideline the linesman hadn't given them a line ball at one stage and like yeah it was just it was just incredible uh, Paddy quick one for you when Niall Morgan put that free over the bar just before half time, everyone was raving saying it was the longest free they'd ever seen. I was sure I'd seen Brian Sheehan score a free from some ridiculous length before as well. Have you ever seen a 
a kick from that distance and not that far. I, I don't see who's to kick them. You could have yeah. chipped them over from 50, 55 yards. Morgan is nearly in the halfway line. Yeah. Oh, but I was thinking, what is he going for this one? Like this yeah. only the fact that it was injury time is going to be the last kick of the first half. I think right, it's kind of a kick to nothing. But I was like, yeah. what, a, what a score! And that puts them, they go in a point up at that stage. Uh, it was just a, a massive score, but then, <laughs> the last the 45 at the end, the next, I mean, he misses that one. You're thinking, yeah. geez, if you kick it over from the halfway line. Uh, and missed the easier one to fall for you, but it was. It was mm. a phenomenal kick. I, I'd never seen someone from... Like a puck out. I think it's the furthest one I've seen in Croker. Uh, yeah. There's a, an unbelievable McDonald kick in the in the North 4 final. We were getting well trimmed at the time. And he kicks it out of his hands. And I thought it was... But that outside kick, the left. Outside the left, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I remember him. I can picture it. I don't know how he kicked it. But like Morgan, Morgan kicks this and it's just... Uh, it was just an incredible. I caught, like I thought it was the da- daftest thing, and I thought, do you know what I thought was silly? Do you know the free O'Shea, Sean O'Shea takes at fifty, like he's fifty-five out at the end of the game? Your legs tired, lads. That's a tough kick. I remember saying mm. it. It's not the right option. Do you know? Move that on quick, Joe. Try to get. Like I just thought, and I think I think Tyrone get a score out of that. So it was, um, yeah, it was. A, it, it, there was a few, but like Morgan's kick was incredible. We're nearly an hour into episode 17 of the Football Pod with Paddy and Andy. We're going to get to a couple of Instagram questions in a minute. There was about 80 sent in to at footballpod underscore GA. Some we can read out, some we cannot. Um, there's two <laughs> players I want to chat about briefly before we move on from Tyrone. Andy, I'm going to start with you. Can you talk to me about what Connor Myler did to Paddy Clifford? Um, and, and not just to Clifford, like his, his whole game, the amount of discipline it took, he was so good on the ball. And I think Myler is one of these players that kind of goes under the radar a wee bit because of the role that he plays for the team. But he did an unbelievable job and one of the most talked about players in the country so far this year. Yeah, and I didn't think Paddy Clifford was bad. Um, but I just thought it's it's not even what he did. Like, what fascinates me about the Tom O'Sullivan role and the Conor Minor role in, in the game was the discipline to do what them guys did is just... It's incredible. It's incredible. Like, I will tell you, I played football... Geez, how many years? 16 or 17 years, whatever. And I would never have the discipline to do that, to do that level of a role in terms of man marking, in terms of uh, just being so selfless in terms of what he gave the team. And I just, it, 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 do you know what epitomizes it for me? I know this is silly, but do you know what <laughs> bunches of wide for the last play? Miner just stands over him and just clinches the two fists as much as uh, <laughs> I'd say he was dre- he was dreading it. He's, I'm with you. He was with him everywhere. Yeah, he's done 76 minutes. This fella chips the ball up. Beautiful bit of skill coming yeah. in, on, and Miner's still there to get the hand in after an epic battle. And I I I just thought that epitomised it. And again, he's been used correctly. Like I've seen him being used as a wing back and being ran across the line. And he's not he's not good at that. I've seen him used as a wing forward and tried to get a score getter and be a set. He's not that. Now, all of a sudden, being a tagger, watching the man yeah. linking the play, I'd say he could do it all day, every day. But, but Randy, that, that, that's the, the, the nail on the head there, the, the sacrifice. You're sacrificing your game for the team. You're being told, and, and you're right, not every player can do that or will have the mentality to do that. Ego gets in the way, and, and it's like, well, I want to put my own stamp on it. I said, no, your role for the team here is tag him everywhere. Everywhere. So you need to physically be able to do that because Paddy Clifford can run, 
all day, so you need to have that right. But your mentality as well. You need to, not, to never switch off. And like I said, that's 77 minutes, and he's still there. Not once does he switch off. And, and that's, that's why I, I was praising Tyrone in terms of the bravery to play that style of play, to push up and tag everywhere. Because literally, if one player switches off, for one play and just gets lazy and doesn't have the discipline or doesn't stick to the script, that's the overlap Kerry are looking for. And then you can see Kerry's running game kicks in and that's where they're starting to score their goals and things like that. But, but Myler was just an, the epitome of what Tyrone were doing and just having the mentality, the focus, the discipline. And yeah, totally just sacrificing his own game. It's like, I'm going to take out Paddy Clifford. That's my job for the team. It's not glamorous, but it was a brilliant, brilliant display from him and like I said, yeah, probably touch and go if he could have got man of the match himself as well. But, but he, he had a massive, massive influence in that game. And like I said, Paddy Clifford, he, he when he's taken out of the game and he, he did, he comes into it towards the end. And he does score two points himself, mm. which, which isn't bad. But you see how important it is that he could, he wasn't a link player. Kerry couldn't get the ball up the pitch as quickly as they, as they were hoped. And that all just snowballs and plays into Toronto's hands as well. But it was a brilliant, brilliant job from my Paddy, talk to me about my boy, Conor McKenna. Caught it last week. He was going to have a big influence in this game. Maybe not exactly the way I, I thought it would go. I thought he'd run the pitch at the start of the game and bury it's it in the top it's, corner. It's, it's, it's yeah, big funny, moments. Yeah. He didn't do a lot and he scores two goals. So <laughs> I tell you, I'd be happy enough with that. I was looking back at my career and I was quiet in games, but but I got two goals out of it. But um, no, he, he kind of played inside a bit more and Matty Donnelly came out to play around the middle and play at, a, at 11, which is how it works for, for Tyrone. I just think he, he seems to be a moment's player. <laughs> if you're looking at all, all the games he's in, he's not a player like a McGeary or a Matty Donnelly where he's so comfortable on the ball and he's going to dominate possessions and things like that. He's, he, he works for the team and his tracking and his work rate and his tackling and all those type of things are exemplary. But he was. He was kind of on the fringes of the game he wasn't getting on a lot of ball at all, but his persistence that he pops up at the end with, with, with a brilliant first goal. It was a brilliant play by Niall Sludden and you can watch Niall Sludden when he gets that ball. He just waits to draw the man and then injects the pace and puts it on a play. It's brilliant. Sludden, who was actually relatively quiet himself, I that also, was a brilliant play. I also and McKenna. McKenna. McKenna's rolling that goal. He checks his run he has the handout looking for where he wants it. I just thought he did very well in that. It, just kind of composing yourself inside that chaotic 20-yard line, being able to just step back, look for the ball here and sidestep the keeper. But, but that, that's composed. what you're saying. That, that's what Kerry were lacking in extra time at the end of that composure, but wasn't there. It was panic. And I thought that that was a brilliant goal. And I think it was brilliant from Sloden uh, to put him in. But, but McKenna, I think if it was similar role in the All-Ireland final, that's... He's popped up with big moments. His athleticism was definitely going to be needed against yeah. this Mayo team. Um, and you're thinking, I don't know, Andy, like, w- w- would you play him inside? I-, I don't think that's really, I don't think what that's you- a great position for him to-, to play him in close to goal with, with-, with McCurry and bring Maddie Donnelly out. I just feel he'd be better, nearly in a, in a similar role to McGeary, where he's kind of coming from the half back line and he's just his powerful runner getting on the ball. I, I-, I just. I, 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 I thought he was on the fringes of the game, but like I said, he pops up for two goals, so I don't think he'd be overly concerned. I think he's a confusing one for, for Mayo in general because he's one of these guys who could 
make you like he's he's obviously a natural forward from when he was a kid, but he, he's like he didn't play Gaelic football for six years. And that's what he's doing is incredible. It's it's incredible, right? So one of these awkward ones that could leave a Matty Ruan or Conor Loftus or Jeremy O'Connor in the full back line marking a natural forward. And remember me and Paddy were on about the mismatches yeah. in the forward line. He is one of those guys because he, he finds himself anywhere. Like, like, like it's just, it's like Breen ended up marking one of the midfielders, I don't know which one it was, one of the midfielders for kickout. Yeah. So then who's marking McKenna then? Like? Joe, was he on David Moore at that stage? Like? So, he just is one of these guys that create mismatches everywhere because he could find himself, for as we've seen in the throwing, uh, he could see himself at centre forward, he could see himself at corner forward, he could see himself as that when McCurry and um, uh, Donnelly are inside for forward, he could be the one out in front of them. So he's awkward for a team to actually, like if you're saying, who are we going to match up with this guy? He's yeah. a good match up with. And he was lucky not to get sent off. If I'm being honest, if he catches Paul Murphy with the fist, he, he, he's he's gone. But in terms of what he's doing in the game, he's 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 a huge player for Turnbull. His work rate last the last day was was incredible. Like it was we we praised. Really? Right. Were you looking at that? Were you? Could you see that? Ah, you could. Like even when he ran after Gar- Gavin White and fell over, like that. Was, <laughs> yeah. oh, Jesus, he couldn't give any more. Like like he was. Literally burning up. He obviously spotted that his buddy was out of the game, Gary, and he just went after him. And they were like, he, 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 looked, could. he looked like he was down at one stage as well. I think the shoulders seemed to go on him. He looked to be in, in, a, in a right bit of pain, you know? He got the shoulder from giving Murphy the little jab. Yeah. <laughs> he was lucky there because if he makes contact there, if he makes contact there, yeah, you'd want to have good solicitors in the throne camp to get him off for the All Ireland final if that happened. If only they had, you know, but it, like, he, uh, like it's, 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 he's an incredible player. He's added to Tyrone. He came down and played in the old last year in the National League. He was really, really good that day. Um, it didn't work out for him in the championship, but he's definitely added because he's added a, a, a thing. He's added something where you're kind of thinking, who do we put on this fella? Like, you have to mark Donnie, you have to mark, uh, um, mm-hmm. you have to mark Joe, you have to mark PD Hart, you have to mark all these fellas. And then you have this fella who's, you don't really know where he's going to play. Yeah. Like, where does he play? Like, nobody, like, I don't know where he plays, but he yeah. finds himself in this transition again with Paddy mentioned, legging it up, and then all of a sudden he's that full forward. And he's marking maybe a midfielder, like where Jack Barry found himself on Tiernan McCann. It was Jack Barry against Tiernan McCann and, and McKenna. You know, Jack Barry yeah. does mistake what he does, but like, he's, he had to leg it 80 yards again for, to mark these two guys, you know? Yeah. Before we move on from a, a, a time, I think I, I think we have to touch on the narrative that Tyrone wanted this more. Jeez, I hate that narrative, lads. Like Kerry, absolutely, they might have got it wrong in terms of the way they wanted to play, the way they conserved their energy, and the way they minded Clifford a bit more to keep him on the pitch. But like they gave everything they could give to that game, like and more. Like they literally ran themselves, ran themselves to cramp, basically ran themselves to oblivion. So I just don't buy this. They don't have the backs. They don't have the dogs. They don't have the appetite. Tyrone wants them more. Nonsense. It's it's absolutely nonsense. So you don't think you don't think they were hungry or no? Are you telling uh, me that's bullshit? But, but it's it's like it's it is. And it's such a compliment. It's like the history is written by the winners. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So a couple of small things go Kerry's way, and it's the story's about 
thrown and did COVID have too much of an impact on them and Peter Keane what a brilliant job and are going in his favourites against Mel it's, it, it's the margins are so so small and it's like if you, the first if you, question Sunday night was about hunger and nah, they didn't just, necessarily Kerry, Kerry, away, you know? so, so Kerry didn't want to win that game that's bullshit they're just, they were like I say they were probably out taught and some of the tactics that what Logan do were implemented and the game plan was carried out a little bit better by Tyrone, but it wasn't down to. So you look at extra time where it's like a war zone. Yeah. Some of the Kerry lads didn't want that. Those lads panned out everywhere. Kerry's come back. Kerry went what? Did Kerry go seven down and he got it back to a point? Five down. It was one-two to no score on extra time and they get it back. So, so no, like they left everything out there. So there's not an issue of hunger or, or anything like that. I just think mm. they, say they, were, they were outsmarted and a couple of the big moments went to Tyrone's way. Like I say, Tyrone's key players had, had more of an impact than Kerry's key ones. And, and that's that's ultimately, that's the difference. You're hoping your biggest players will have the biggest impact on the game. And if you look at the influence that McGeary, that Peter Hart, that Maddie Donnelly, even though yeah. in a scoring sense, but the influence they had on the game, they had the big moments. And, and Kerry, bar outside David Clifford, and we see Thomas Sullivan particularly for a who else? Who else did they have really that, that, that performed well? That's that's the road frustrating for them, but that's not a thing of hunger. There, I totally agree with Andy on that. When you when you have your star man covering, I'd say he covered about ten and a half k, eleven k, and he cramps to a point where he can't even continue. You have your full back line, Thomas Sullivan, Foley, both cramped. They're full backs and full forward. <laughs> like that's an insane effort. Like it's an I, insane effort. I was I was actually wondering whether it was a dead leg that he got from the collision with Morgan rather than cramp. I know I know he was down with cramp then after that. But maybe maybe it's it's hard to know. Um and as well on top of that, like if if Ganey and, and O'Brien don't butcher that goal chance, you know, it could be a very different game going into that second half as well. Um Andy, just on that, let's let's start with our, our Instagram uh questions from the, the football pod listeners. I'm gonna jump straight into it because Tomas O'Shea didn't didn't hide away from it on the Sunday game and I was listening to Jack O'Connor on the Examiner podcast of Paul Rouse a little earlier and he was throwing his hat into the ring straight away Sean Brennan wants to know what next for Kerry question mark a more tactically astute manager question mark like is that harsh on Peter Keane again like uh, I hope to enter this fray at some stage. So <laughs> it's all right for Paddy. I'm not sure he, he wants to go down this route. But uh, no, I like, of course, like Peter King is not, not a foolish man. He's, he owns businesses. He's, he's a smart guy. He knows that he is going to have to fight for his job here if he wants to, if he wants to keep hold of it. There's plenty of people there that can see a once in a, well, you can't say a once in a lifetime in generational player and Kerry. Mm. Clifford is absolutely... Like I'd say, if you're asking I'm like, Ronald McNamee sport, I'd say he'd start laughing at you. He'd say he's just like I can't do much more. You know, he's a special, special player um, with with good compliments around him in terms of the players. Um, but but there, there is going to be there, there's going to people are going to look for change. Well, well, I, I do feel people are going to look for change. I think it's already happened when you see ex players, ex managers coming out. I think the, the the situation. I think Morris Morris Fitz. I think Peter Keane. I think all these guys, Tommy Griffin. I think all of them are very smart guys, and they know what's what's coming. You know. Well, we're seeing an incredible amount of change and and flux in intercounty management circles at the minute. Like we know that Declan Bonner himself has to reapply for his own job after his three year term. Keane has gone three, through a three year term. 
2019 All-Ireland final, 2020, he has to fight for his job that winter after after the Cork game. And now this year again. So it remains to be seen what will happen. I, I'm not sure whether going back to Jack O'Connor is, is the way to go. Jack O'Connor was talking earlier on about in his first four years, 04, 05, 06, 09, he won three All-Irelands, three league titles, three Munster titles, and he got dogs abused the whole time while he was carry manager. <laughs> O'Connor was definitely interested back well, three good, years ago, it, you know. It's a good way to get the Kerry people on side. <laughs> Jeez. I know. Yeah. I know. Jack yeah, but, 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 but are they going to go back to Jack O'Connor or are they going to be looking at some of the new guys that are coming through? Like, there's a couple of young lads, like younger lads from the, the noughties that have started dipping their toe in management, like Quirk, Donaghy, Declan O'Sullivan. Declan O'Sullivan, I just, look, I just have this bad image in my head Tommy Rooney and Paddy Andrews are going to be here and saying, I'm more just have a clue. Get, <laughs> Get him out. Bob him out. Six games in hey, it. As no, long I, as you keep us sweet with interviews, it'll be okay, Andy. Don't worry. Uh, I, I, I have, look, uh, th- this is going to be a sore one for Kerry, particularly the fact that with Dublin being beaten, and you have to, the, the standard to Kerry is all Ireland titles or nothing. Mm. That is the, that's their baseline. If you are the coach of the team and you don't win the All Ireland, you are under pressure. And Amy Fitzmaurice said the same thing. He won the All Ireland in 2014. Uh, and Dublin, we're, we're saying if Dublin don't win the All Ireland, there's questions there. And that's, I feel, yeah, I see Tomas's comments on, on the Sunday game. He's putting no punches on it. But Peter Keane has been there for three years and hasn't delivered an All Ireland. So, and I, like, particularly with Dublin being beaten last week, Kerry are. This is it. We have to have to win the All Ireland back, and they've come up short again. And if you look at the biggest games, any of the tight games, they lost to Dublin in nineteen. They lost to Cork last year, and they lose another tight game against against Toronto. So, I think questions will be asked. It's hard to know. There's no rush in these things, but um, I'm going to say people are already starting to put their name, name in the hat. Uh, yeah, yeah. Be interested to see what happens over the next couple of months. Andy, I know Kerry have traditionally had the hex on. 31 or counties or whatever way you want to put it. You obviously had the epic semi-final replay against them in 14. You bet them in 17. Kerry have lost a lot of big games over the last seven or eight years. Have they lost their aura of invincibility a wee bit? Whether that ever really existed. Like this is one of the longest droughts, seven years that they've gone through. I think there was 11 years in the 86 to, to 97. 97, yeah. Seven years is a long time in Kerry football to go that in All-Ireland. Did you feel that in 17 that... Was there any psychological thing there going into that game at all? Did you feel that at all? Your Mayo team? Uh, that was a huge win for, for us, Mayo in general, because, again, I've played since 2003. We'd never bet Kerry in, in a championship match at Crow Park in the, at that time. So that was a huge game. Like We kind of half-butchered the first game. We probably should have won it. And then to win it the second day was was was, um, was, was massive. I remember Neil Fitzpatrick doing unbelievable work for us, to psychologists do, just doing... Um, Joe, just... Really, mentally preparing us for for Kerry and Dublin at that time too, which was which was brilliant for us at the time. But did it, I'll tell you right, okay. And this is again, I rate Thomas Sullivan unbelievably highly. Foley's a right good player. Clyde Morley, how he doesn't start, I don't know. I think he's a really good player. And these guys, Murphy, class player, Gavin White, class player. But they they do lack that Kerry team and outrageously good backs lads lads outrageously good backs like you have you had uh, Tom Sullivan the old Tom Sullivan mm. like, the real Ronaldo the real the real, the real Ronaldo yeah. but like the real like, Tom Sullivan I swear to God I used to love having Morris playing in the league games down in Kerry because 
Tom Sullivan used to mark Mort and he used to have to mark him. You know, you'd mark O'Shea and trouble you going the other way. Mike, Wait, what, did Tom, what did the real Tom Sullivan do? That he was so good. Massive. And he was quick as hell. You know, he was fast. He was just a brilliant defender. Brilliant, brilliant defender. And he, he, you're right, Andy. He kind of went under the radar. Mark O'Shea got a lot of the, the praise and the Tomas was obviously bringing back the push. Um, it was a bit like Sean Marty Lockhart actually to be mm-hmm. honest if I'm you know, tough as nails like me as a young fella like Paulie O'Shea throw you out over the thing like a loaf of bread like he had to peg you out of the way like Mike McCarthy outstanding player Seamus Moynan outstanding player Aidan O'Mahony outstanding player do you know they're really really strong backs like and they probably lack that a, a, a slight bit um, at the minute um, where the likes of McShane can come on there in the last 20 and really cause trouble um, mm. in around the middle of the field their mobility um, Joe like you have Darrow Shea's around there at the time you know like huge players like, but the likes of Scanlon and these guys used to do massive work mm. massive work and they used to do real damage to us because they used to catch principal ball and then get it also Declan O'Sullivan and Gooch on it you know so and, and Donny on it so yeah listen it's it's. I don't think they're far away I thought they were the best team in the country this year I think I openly kind of said that um, I don't think they got much wrong last, last Saturday evening Yeah, but they, ultimately they're out of the championship Stephen McCracken wants to know should they move McKenna to half back high so he must be thrown fella um, we kind of spoke about McKenna in depth here Rob O'Malley has said Mayo will bring Sam home I won't admit or I won't read out the other 20 messages we got about that uh, Sean McDonagh McShane has a major impact off the bench and Kerry didn't take their goal chances I think that's very clear um, A McGill 84 what an epic game I can't wait to hear the lads thoughts on it, on it. Myler was key for me how difficult will it be for Tyrone to recover from that and replicate the same intensity for the final in, in 13, 14 days' time? Go on, Penny. Uh, uh, I don't think it'll be that hard for them at all because that's, that's their style of play. That They've delivered that throughout the Ulster Championship. They blew Cavan away physically. Cavan were gone after 20 minutes in that game. We praised them. I know Donegal went down to, to 40 men, obviously, Michael Murphy, but Tyrone ran them off the pitch too. And... That is their style of play. That's their blueprint. And I touched on it last week when we were discussing Mayo and their victory against Dublin. If you have that mentality, if you have that athleticism, and if you have that kind of bravery in your play, that's a brilliant DNA for a team to have. That gives you a chance. And that's Tyrone bring that every single time they play. It's not like they come out of the woodwork here and they've done something completely off the wall. I think, yes, they're a little bit braver in, in their tactics, but in terms of their athleticism, their intensity, that is what Tyrone bring. And the fact, lads, Andy touched on this, this is a monumental chance for both of these teams to win an All-Ireland. Uh, no one in the country was saying Tyrone or Mayor are going to win this All-Ireland. It's Dublin and Kerry. And those players will know they've climbed Everest. For Mayo to beat Dublin and Tyrone to take out this Kerry team, they are massive wins. But in terms of being able to get up for the game in two weeks' time and match that intensity level, this is once, maybe not once in a lifetime, but it's a huge, huge opportunity for one of these counties to get their hands on Sam McGuire. And not, not many people, if any, in the country were tipping either of these guys at the start of the season. So they're not going to have an issue with, with getting up them and being ready to play. There was one huge play which symbolises the importance of not having Dublin in the Championship, right? For McKenna's first goal, 
right? I think Jack Barry runs through, lose the ball, Hamsey takes it off him. Hamsey pegs away. Clifford lost the ball. It is not the Clifford time. Clifford loses the ball. The difference here is, lads, this is, Paddy has said it, like, this is chaos now. This, this is chaos. It was chaos there the last day. It's going to be chaos in two weeks' time. And I know yeah. each team will try to take the chaos out of it. But, lads, we are both, we've got a, an opportunity here for both teams. And like, I'm absolutely, like, I'm going to be very struggling to be unbiased next week, I have to say. <laughs> I can't wait for next week. Okay, because you, you're looking at me here, I'm smiling since this pod started because this is chaos. This is opportunity. This is opportunity for both teams because each team is going to have the chance to go and win this game. And it's who takes the chances are going to win it. And the last day, win that turnover, Jack Barry loses it, Hamsey pegs it away on the 45. Clifford then missed solos because he's covered about 8K in 35 minutes. Yeah. And then goes up and kicks and scores a goal. Tyrone and Moore are both going to get them chances. And it's who takes mm. the chances. And against Dublin, lads, you literally, if they were, if Dublin were playing the honour to fight next week, you literally would not get them chances. They would just hold on to the ball and they'd kill you and they'd beat you 15-10 and they'd be happy off. Can I bring you back to 2012, Andy? Yeah. I don't know if you were reading the Irish Indo today, but Vincent Hogan's written a piece to sort of set up the All-Ireland final. And he's talking about your Mayo team and perhaps how timing got in the way of them ending Mayo's famine. They come up against the greatest team we've ever seen in Paddy's Dublin. And he said, speaking at their match post-match function in the Regency Hotel after the 2012 final, team captain Andy Moran drew rapturous applause for a speech running to the very core of what the modern Mayo have come to represent. The only failure, I think, in football or in life is the failure to come back again, said Moran. Like so many other teams in Mayo, we were in 89, 96, 97, 04 and 06, and we always came back. And I guarantee you this team will come back again which of course Mayo did over the next couple of years. But Mayo have been rooted on three All-Ireland titles since the 50s. Tyrone are on three All-Ireland titles, the three that they won in the noughties. Jesus Christ. I bet you you're not, you, you, you must be hoping that that speech does not have to happen again. Where did Vincent Hogan pull that out? Um, was he at Is it true? I, I can't tell you. I've had a few of those speeches. <laughs> but they... they um, but that's, that, lads, honestly, no, like, and I'm going to go a bit my ownness here now. I'm sorry, Paddy, I'm going to get all hillbilly on you here. But they, that, that's us. Like, that's, that, that's my own. That's not football. That's, that's my own people in general. Um, and I've seen it over the last, since 2008, when the, when the decline happened in, in the economy and streets in Casabar, Clamars, Ballina, all the main streets were all closed, boarded up. And they've fought their way back, like many small towns around the country. But that's the way we view ourselves. We view ourselves of a county that would, I suppose, be in the doldrums at times. And we always kind of fight our way back. And listen, we keep coming. And like I, I think I've said over the last couple of weeks from the Galway game, particularly the Dublin game, you'd just be, you'd, you'd be very proud to be have any representation with the with the football team. And that's why we're a bit daft. We're a bit. Uh, <laughs> Naive and are thinking uh, that's why we'd be excited now about the All Ireland final again. That's why we don't fear them uh, because we're thinking, sure, if we're not going to try to beat Dublin, who is going to try? Do you know, we were always the ones that put ourselves out there and, and gave it our all. We just weren't good enough. My team weren't good enough. But I feel this team definitely represents what I, I suppose what was said back then. And uh, it, um, 
I think we've really <laughs> like I think we've real chance here. I think Tyrone are definitely looking at it the same, but I just think, and I said it last week. I, I, as a player, never got that winning mentality. I never got over the line as a as a as a Mio footballer, minor, twenty one, senior. But these guys have; these guys have gone over that line, and I think uh, I think this is their time. Very well put, and you've set us up very nicely for next week's football pod. I'm really looking forward to it, Andy. And uh, I don't know how you're going to keep yourself in check next week. Like, well, I, I, uh, how, I'm, I'm excited to see him. How yeah. excited he is! I actually just get the sense of a I was gonna, I was gonna ask Paddy, like, did did the fact that the Dublin game was two weeks ago and it's now four weeks to the All Ireland final? Does the fact that the emotion from that Dublin game can be parked and left to one side, and now Mayo? have two weeks clean. Like, Tyrone will have a bit of emotion to set aside from that Kerry win. There has to be a wee bit of an aftermath from a massive... Like, that's a massive, massive win for Tyrone against Kerry. Emotionally, it has to be big. Like, it has to have a bit of an impact for a couple of days. Like, surely Mayo yeah. now have a clean two weeks here. Well, that's, and I, I love James Horner. They had their media, all-Ireland media night straight away <laughs> after the double game. We used to do that ourselves. We, we literally have it the day after the semi-final. And it allows you to, to just get focused on what we need to perform. Mayo, <laughs> get excited. It'll be absolutely mental build-up down there. But you have to remember, Mayo were in the All-Ireland final last year. You know what I mean? These players had experiences. It was obviously a bit different. It was Christmas time. There was no fans and things like that. But that experience for those players, those younger players, is massive. That they're not arriving into the All Ireland final, as Andy said, they're not daunted by it. And, and whatever about it, they've beaten Dublin. They've taken out the team that hadn't lost the championship match in seven years. The confidence that gives them, the experience and know how of James Horn and those key players. This is not their first rodeo. They lost last year's final. They'll be focused. And as much as we said, Tyrone will have a game plan for Kerry. Mayo will have a plan for the All Ireland final. But, but on, on, on the flip side as well, I expect Tyrone to be, they were in the All-Ireland final in 2018, a lot of those guys playing mm. against us. They Eleven. felt it. 11, is it? 11 of them started, I think, yeah. Yes. So, so again, a lot of the, those were experienced. Brian Dillon for Globe played in All-Ireland finals. That they've won under 21 All-Irelands with, with some of those guys as well. So, look, both teams are absolutely there on merit. They both put in massive, massive performances to get over the line against the two Red Hot favourites in their semi-finals. But preparing for an hour and final, Mayo is focused. The job is not done. And as big as those wins are for, for Mayo and Tyrone, mm. you need to go out and perform. You need to prepare as much as you can. And you need to cut out the bullshit that can go with an hour and a final. All the media stuff, fans are back to, to ticket requests. They're ticket about the banquet. They're ticket about all the going on holidays after the hour and all this type of stuff. You need to park that. That all needs to be gone, and that, that's the role of the coaches and the, the experienced players. And I feel both teams will be. I expect two massive performances again for them because I, I, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. There was always a, a machine-like element to Dublin. I'm not necessar- necessarily sure that was as true. I think it was maybe masked a little bit. Did you? Did the emotion ever get to you in the build-up to All Ireland finals? Um, not no. We, we, we like to say we were pretty How good. About the was there was there any any weight on the five in a row? Um, not not really. Like we were, <laughs> and we kind of we stick to the process was our thing, and 
Jim was brilliant at that. That was part of Jim Gavin's genius, more so than his on-field coach or anything like that. It was the environment that was created there. That it, it is essentially, and I touched on it last week or the last couple of weeks. It's tunnel vision. What do is this going to help me perform on Sunday week in the All Ireland final? And if the answer is no, or if it's even a question mark about it, then we just avoided it. Didn't read the media, didn't get involved in it. People are looking for tickets for the All Ireland final. You get 26 and they'd be gone the week of the semi final. Literally, we get our tickets, we do the media night on the Monday night, you get your tickets that week and you give them out and they're gone. And that's the requests are finished ends, they off social media, all those type of things. We felt that worked for us. Some, and some players, you want to enjoy it. You want to kind of embrace it because it, this is mm-hmm. the biggest game of these guys' lives. And, and there's tradition there and you want to try and enjoy it as well. But we were quite ruthless and quite clinical in how we were preparing for those games. Um, and it, that worked for us. You know, and I feel that from looking at the outside that James Horley gives off that impression as well. And that's everything I've seen since the semi-final. Looks like that's the road they're going to go down. And looks like Toronto are no mugs either. They've players who experienced this two or three years ago. And they've won on underage all Irons as well. They'll be ready to go. But, but it's easy to get distracted if you're not experienced. Or if you're younger players or the, the coaches, it's not coming from the top down. But I think both of these two teams would be very, very diligent in their, their preparation and, and they'll be ready to go. And I think that's where Horn's uh, experience comes in. Um, I think it's huge. Now, I, do, I would still prefer the two weeks uh, going into the final. Um, not just as a playing point of view, but you have no time to think about it. You're literally yeah. okay. you're, you're straight in them. You're, you're like, <laughs> as Paddy says, your tickets are gone already. They're, they, they'll have Fergal Logan and they'll have one player who they absolutely trust out doing the media noise. And that'll be it. Uh, and that'll be it done, you know, and uh, it'll be done and they, they'll just kind of move on with it. So, I, um, I have one last question for Paddy, but Andy, I want to ask you a quick question. I, I, I never thought I'd start the podcast with it this week, so there was no worries in that regard. But I did think I'd get to it a little earlier. Mead are minor champions for the first time since 1992. <laughs> I was waiting for this. Tom, Tom O'Connor. Tom O'Connor was in touch, and he wanted a full hour. I couldn't provide him that. Um, he wanted, you know, a new power rankings to be done by Owen Sheehan to get Mead right back up there. But Andy, can I ask you what you made of them this week after you've watched them two weeks in a row? I yeah, I, I thought it was just. Like I, I think it's clear. Clear myself and Paddy love the game, the Gaelic football. Um, I probably over, over emphasise that at times. But like over the last, I, I suppose month we've been absolutely spoiled with two of the, the best semi-finals, uh, best product semi-finals we've had. Maybe not quality-wise, but in terms, yeah, they were pretty good. In terms of impact, intensity, people talking about our game, and then you know minor game of the, of the same. The same, um, the same, like same well, punch. It was up and down. I was unbelievable. It was like them guys are 16, 17 years of age and they're kicking points with outside the right foot. The young lad, what's the young fella's name? I have him there. Are you talking Sean Leonard or are you talking Conor Ennis? Sean Leonard. Or Horror from me. Yeah. No, number 10. Number 10. The curly hair. He's the winner. Yeah. Gives away the free for them to equalise. Yeah. It has to be heartbroken. Next ball. Like you can only do it if you're 16 or 17. He throws a little shimmy on the right leg. And buries it over the bar. Your man, Huey, Huey, yeah. this is one like what Ganey did, but he went for the shot himself. Next ball, outside the left, like a little golf shot. Score. It was unbelievable. Score. And it was just brilliant. Gavin Delvin's young fella from Ting is run off. Yes. Goal. 
Joe, there was just brilliant playing, and then it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's like the, the, the quality of the games. We get a game and a product which is fair, which is the same quality against the same quality. Whoa, do we have a game? <laughs> do we have a game? And we, we do. And if the GA are not going back on it, but we can go back on it maybe when the championship is over. Yeah. They can't see now what we need to do. It, 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 it's crazy. Like, like, cause what? you're just having two epic semifinals. You've had a really strong minor championship. Your under twenties would awfully come and come and Roscommon coming in the twenties. Brilliant games. Joe, what else do we need to do? You know? The characters coming out of those teams as well is something that's really refreshing to see as well. Like there's there's real uh there's a fearlessness and they're not afraid to have a bit of crack as well, it seems. It's great to see them. Perm half forward line. No, you don't have a perm. Samuel and Leonard had a perm in their hair. It's class. And and after you made the the Jap Finley comparison with Emmanuel, I can't get it out of my head. Just the manner in which he runs with the ball and he drops onto the left foot. Class to see. And hopefully we see a lot more from some of these meat footballers. I think looking back in the 92 team, Trevor Giles obviously was the star. Paul Shanky from Command and Wood would have played a lot for the Mead senior teams and won All-Irelands. Brendan Murphy as well and there was a couple of others too. Paul Nestor was involved. So, you never know how many. You never know how many are going to come through. There was a chance. That's another hour, isn't it? If if it was another planet and, and, and I'm nearly finished and Kerry had hammered Tyrone at the weekend, there was a chance that we would have started this podcast with Cristiano Ronaldo. Because I'll tell you one thing, Andy, by hook or by crook, myself and yourself will be in Crow Park on September 11th. But there's one place that Paddy Andrews is going to be at three o'clock that day. It's not Crow Park. Paddy. My wife might say no. My wife might say no. Go on. Paddy, what are you going to, what are you going to tell your, your loyal well, listeners? Where are you going to be on, on September the 11th? Well, look, this is the GAA changing the schedule. I thought September 11th, weekend free there. I am um, in Old Trafford for Man United, Newcastle. Blessed. Like, Got tickets there about two or three weeks ago when the fixtures came out. Just thought it'd be a mundane. The All Ireland final was obviously meant to be. Was it meant to be this weekend? Uh, yeah, this weekend. No, yeah. And it was moved. So I thought, look, look, typical GAA. The schedule always changes last minute. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be there for for Ronnie's debut, enjoying it. So I might, I'll just follow you lads on Twitter for, for scores from the All Ireland. Although I think kick. It's five. The Ireland's at five, so you have to find a pub in Manchester. Yeah, I'll, I'll, that that shouldn't be an issue. Kevin Kilbane <laughs> will find you one. Kevin, Kevin lived in Manchester for years. He'll find you a pub to watch the game. Yeah, excellent. Um, With a load of Mayo fans. Yeah, lovely. I mean, Man United Ronaldo jersey. Yeah. Oh, like I don't know, Andy. Like the golden ticket there. Like Paddy has a choice here. I don't know whether he'd make more money selling a ticket for Ronaldo's debut for a United fan or selling it to a Mayo fan or a Tyrone fan who can't get to this All Ireland final because there's only forty thousand there. So. Look at you're you're very lucky either way. Um, next week on the football pod in episode eighteen, lads, we are going to be looking at the matchups. Andy, you said earlier on that it's very hard to tell. You're going to have to do a bit of homework during the week, and you're going to have to come to the table, bring your excitement, but bring the tactical insights too. I want to know who you think is going to be picking up who. Paddy the same. Even though any time we give Paddy Andrews homework, he never bloody does it. We're also going to be picking. <laughs> we're also going to be like, listen up, Paddy. We're going to be picking our all stars so far. So we are going to have ah. our, our all-star team so far. You can make changes after the All-Ireland final, naturally enough, because it's going to have such a big impact. But I yeah, want to hear who you're... There has to be an element in that team where the All-Ireland final decides it. Of course it does. Yeah. So... But do you pick your team so far, though? Set it up for me. Okay. 
Right. Um, okay, yeah, I'll get, I'll get on that. All right, Squeeze okay, it deal. Squeeze it for my busy schedule. I, I remind you about the homework during the week. There, there were a load <laughs> of questions in. Some of them were like Connolly 1389. Can you buy Tyrone flags anywhere in Galway, please? Um, <laughs> that's for the wrong man here. There's a business plan for us, Patrick. Oh, uh, David Hussey wants to know has have Tyrone given any indication on what date they intend to fulfill the All Ireland final fixture? Question mark. Killian Moran wants to know, will Mayo give away as many turnovers and how can they avoid them? Let's talk about that next week. And uh, B Trainer 93, why do you think that Mayo were a bogey team for Tyrone? Is this true? Are Mayo a bogey team for Tyrone? Um, are we? Um, in the league, we have a very funny record in the league. We, like, we used to nearly all win in Healy Park and they used to always win in McHale Park, which was... Okay. Ranger, we score every second year, and then in the championship, I was thinking about this. We bet them in sixteen and thirteen. They bet yeah. us eight, and we bet them in not four. Okay, so, it's well set. There's no, there's no psychological hang-ups. There's no real history. No, and, and the, the big thing about it is, um, I didn't realise that so many of the Tyrone team played in in eighteen. So both teams. Have, have an advantage, like, you know, no one is mm. disadvantaged by not playing, you know, that sort of way. So, yeah. like, you obviously got last year, um, Tyrone got 18, so yeah. it's literally all for taking. Andy, I'm telling you, if you hang around with us in the football pod next year, Gaelic football in 2022 is going to be the biggest sport in the world because, like, you've got to have over. Dublin coming back with a vengeance, Kerry coming back with a point to prove, and one of Mayo or Tyrone defending their All-Ireland title. Next week on the football pod, Tune in, download the OTP Sports app or subscribe wherever you listen and get us next Tuesday or Wednesday. This week, share the podcast if you're enjoying it and let your friends know. Thanks very much for listening. Paddy and Andy, thanks for your time to see me. Bye, lads. <laughs>